Um, morning, everyone. Good to be together. Anton, Jack, and team, great job leading us this morning. Thank you, guys. Fab. This morning, I um, want to take a few minutes. I have promised Al um, that I will be with him on time this morning. Um, and so, I don't have long. Um, so, I want to take this morning to give a bit of a, more of an update of where we are. Um, a couple of weeks ago, as a team, or a month or two back now, we were kind of realizing that, that more and more stuff was happening and beginning to change and... Um, and in my head, I was starting to think, gosh, September feels a long time away for when we would typically kind of say, right, and here's some of the changes. And so I think we were all feeling that as a team. And so we said, right, we need to communicate just some of what's happening, some of the things on our radar, some of the um, changes that are happening. A couple of weeks back, we, we shared the news about Nick and Motti heading off to Seattle um, in the coming months. And again, please do keep praying for these guys um, as a family. Uh, just to clarify, by the way, because um, I think there might have been some confusion in how I said it, that the boys, Tim and Jesse, aren't going with Nick and Motti. Um, so Nick and Motti are heading off, and the boys are staying at home. So that's, please do pray for them. It's a, it's a huge change in life. It's that season. So if I could ask you to commit to doing that, um, that's great. Thank you. Um, and just realize that at points, as leaders, you always kind of want to be down the road because you want to live down the road and you want to call people into what God's doing. But it felt like the the gap was widening, and we were just sensing that as a team. So I said, look, let's just cut into our preaching series and um, share some of the updates. So again, this morning is another part of that. Albeit, it's not just information. Please don't just hear it as information. It's all part of what God's doing, what he's calling us into, how he's encouraging us. And my prayer is that even in sharing this, it, it causes each one of us to take a step in and a step on in our relationship with God, with one another, with the part in, the, in the, his church that he's called us to, with our sphere of influence and seeing his kingdom come in our lives. Um, so please don't hear this just as information. About five years ago, I read a book. Um, I may have mentioned this before when I was preaching, I can't remember. Um, and it's, it was called Everest 1953. And it was the, the backstory to the first ascent of Everest, where the, the team summited and um, made it to the, the top. The, we had one, as a nation, and I say we because why not, we had one more push in 1953 to get to the top before we would have had to wait three years because the Swiss and the French um, had secured the following years to climb and try and make their first successful ascent. And so the pressure was on the British Mountaineering Society to make it to the top before the, the Swiss and the French, and with the um, awful British resolve that, that Everest in the Himalayas was somehow our mountain, and, and that the, the British mentality at that time was, well, our men have died on that mountain, and therefore it's our mountain. I mean, that's a thing for another day. Um, however, this, this passion and the, the clock ticking of this is our last chance to get to the top um, caused the British Mountaineering Society to make some huge changes to enable them to do this. And up to this point, they, the, the team had had some unsuccessful attempts. As they tried to summit, they'd, each time they'd got a bit closer, but every time they had equipment failures or the route that they chose just didn't work for them. And they, before, they were led by this guy called Eric Shipton, who 
who people loved and his team absolutely loved. And he had led successful missions to summit, but each and every time they fell short of the top of Everest, the top of the world. And his team loved him. But the British Mountaineering Society made this huge um, call to say, right, we're going to change leaders for this next season. And they called in a guy called John Hunt, who, was, who had a huge military um, background and was the son of a military guy. And, and he had all this training in the military. And, and the British Mountaineering Society were clear that John Hunt would be the man to take them to the top to, for this successful voyage. In fact, John Hunt himself, a few years earlier, had been refused from joining this team because of illness in his own body. But suddenly, as the, as the pressure was on, let's get John Hunt in. We need military expertise out in front. And in this book, there's this great moment when the British Mountaineering Society... I mean, you have to think, it's, it's London, just up the road, um, just up the road from uh, the Natural History Museum, um, just literally at the top of Exhibition Road. So it's that kind of part of London where everybody's in suits back then in the day and... And it's all very stiff upper lip and this, that, the other. And the British Mountaineering Society called John Hunt into a panel um, to stand before a panel. And they said to him, um, look, we want you to take on this job. And he said to them words to this effect. He said, well, what is it you want me to do? To which they, they couldn't get their head around it. What do you, what do you mean? What is it you want, we want you to do? It's obvious what we want you to do. We want you to lead Britain to the top of Everest before the French, and rightly so. Um, and we want, you to, we want you to take our men and to get up the top. We've got this one last push. Why do you ask, what do we want you to do? And he said, that's fine, I can do that. I don't think he was boasting. I don't think that was in his character. He was just sure and certain of his skill set and training and expertise. And he said, I can do that, that's fine. The problem is you guys. The problem is you guys who are sat back here up Exhibition Road in the British Mountaineering Society, as you plan and prepare yourselves, you've basically got everything wrong. And if you want to summit, if you want to get to the top, then everything has to change. And he began to say to them that the way they resource and, and gather financing, the way funding comes in, had to change. The way that the story was being told in the papers had to change. The way that the team who was recruited had to, be, had to change. The way that resource to, to enable the guys just to travel across um, up into India and up to Nepal had to change. The equipment that they had, he said it wasn't suitable for the task and they had to invest in new equipment to enable them to, to summit into the, de the death zone. And he said that has to change. Basically, if you want to get to the top, everything has to change. And as I read this, I, I just felt like it was one of those books that God began to speak to me prophetically through and said, look, for who I've called Gateway to be and to do and for... Our life and my life personally, I just felt like God said, for what I've called you for, everything has to change. If you want to get there, everything has to change. And aside from a moment of gulp in myself, thinking, yikes, I quite like what we do and how we do it. it um, there'd be stuff I would change for sure um, if I could, but I quite like it. I felt like God said, no, in this next season, everything has to change. We had a a team time away shortly after that. And again, God spoke to us as a team. And it was just felt like the beginning of God doing a new process as he pulled the rug out from under our feet as we were together um, praying as a team. We had a few days away together and God just encountered us and pulled the rug out 
from under our feet, not in a bad way, but in the best sense of the word, saying, don't stand on what you know. And it was one of those moments where we encountered God, and, and from that moment, I think, things have begun to change among us, and it's a slow journey. We don't just change overnight. We, we don't just go, okay, I'm a new person all of a sudden. I don't know if you've ever tried that tactic in life. It doesn't work that well. Uh, maybe for 15 minutes, but then we just so quickly revert back into our old habits, our old resource, our old way of funding ourselves and of, and of achieving what we want to achieve, don't we? It takes time to change. This September, um, Emma and I have been married 20 years, and thank you. I know I don't look old enough. Thank you also for that. Um, no, I don't, you don't, I don't need to clap. Em, thanks. Good job. Um, and... To be quite honest, our first few years of marriage was hard work. It was more than hard work. I, do, I genuinely, I don't say this crassly, I do not know how we survived, other than God's grace and Emma's um, amazing patience and skill and um, grace towards me as a small boy um, back then. <laughs> um, but somehow we survived, and we went into marriage sideways. We'd had Sam before um, we were married, when we were studying A-levels, and we went in in an unhealthy shape into marriage. When we, we kind of knew we wanted to get married, but we didn't honor God with our relationship. And, and as we went into marriage, we, we didn't have the skills or the tools to ascend what marriage is and to climb well. And we, we knew that at the time, but we didn't know how do we begin to, to gather that. We went on a marriage course one time, um, hoping that would somehow fix it. And marriage courses are great, by the way, but we just um, spent the whole time laughing and um, not communicating very well. And I think we've known for a long time that, um, that we didn't start with good foundations or the right tools in place to enable us to climb. And that's um, no one else's fault, but it was just the reality of where we were, the stage of life we were at. And also for us with the pressures of family and disability in family, which I think we've just realized takes so much more capacity and energy and time. We, we kind of navigated the last 20 years and about this, well, a bit before this time last year, but really this time last year, things came to a head and we just got to a place of exhaustion, really, and kind of saying, yikes, we can barely manage our family, let alone serving Gateway and, and um, leading and... Yikes, marriage at that point, because it just felt like the ground wasn't solid under our feet. I genuinely don't think it was a faith issue, but I think we just knew that we weren't in a good shape. And so last September, as we came back um, off our gateway month shutdown of August, which please, I say that on purpose, this August, let's not go into shutdown month. It's fine to have holidays, it's fine to take time off and rest and recoup, that's great. But as we gather together, let's celebrate God. Let's not go into shutdown in our hearts and spirits as we gather. Can I just call us to that? Um, so as we came back last September, I just knew that, again, we weren't in great shape for the, just to plow on ahead. We had a day together as a team, um, Nick, Nigel, Al, and myself, and we had a good morning praying and worshiping together. And after lunch, I just said to the guys, um, before we carry on, I think I just need to share where I am and where we are and just what's going on for us. Um, the team knew it anyway, but I just really felt we got to that point where we needed to communicate really where we were. And as a result of that, you'll know we took time off then from the end of October through to 
the end of January, which served us so well. And through that time, um, I think in our heads at the start, it was just about pressure off, if I'm being honest. I think we went into that time off just saying, right, the pressure's off. We just get time to be together as a family, Em and myself. Um, we get time to talk and just regroup a bit, if you like. And it wasn't a particularly... Um, our thoughts, not that it, was, it wasn't a faith issue, but our thoughts weren't particularly thinking about gateway and the future at all. We were kind of like, ah, God, here, now, us. Um, and we, we just spent time over that time off just working slowly through where are we, what's going on? What are some of the weaknesses in us, in our marriage, in our family, myself? Um, and it was a time of learning and beginning to discover. It really felt like that. It was a hard year, uh, sorry, a hard season. In fact, this last year has been a quite a difficult year, if I'm being honest. It was a hard season, but through it, we felt that God was teaching us new rhythms of life, new perspective on marriage and family, um, new perspective on leadership. Not that that, was, a, not that that was what it was about, but we just felt through um, a number of situations and things we were doing in that time that God began to speak to us about these things. And one of, the, one of the things I felt God really spoke to me about was about learning to be present here and now in the moment. And I, I kind of lived down the road in my head, if I'm being honest. I kind of think, right, that's where we're going. That's what it looks like. Come on, everyone. Let's go. And, um, and I felt like God said, look, yes, that's what I'm doing. But here and now, today, is important to where you go tomorrow. And I just felt like God said, I want you to slow down. I want you to be more present. I want you to enjoy today and sure, live with faith for the future, but recognize today is the point that gets you there. And why am I saying this? I'm, I'm saying this because I think one thing I have discovered is, and it's, I've heard it said lots in lots of settings, but how leaders' lives in churches often reflect the shape of the church also. That there's a, a parallel, a, a a synergy that, that happens that what the church or what the leaders' lives look like of church is often the church reflects that. That's true in family, isn't it? That's true in marriage. Husband, our faith in God and how healthy we are reflects, we reflect to our wife what that looks like. That's true in the workplace. That where we are in faith and life reflects and, be, and shapes our workplace. But I think I just, again, I've realized that, gosh, there are similarities between what God's been doing with us and what God's been doing here at Gateway. So I'll give you an example. When we were off, one of the things God spoke to us was about parenting and just enjoying the kids again and, and, and not getting so stuck in terms of, ah, what's going on, but just enjoying them here and now. And that felt like a big thing for us. And it, it felt like a big thing because if I'm being honest, disability can stop you enjoying life here and now. It can be overwhelming at times. And I think Emma and I just felt, no, we just got to enjoy where we are. We've just got to enjoy the kids. And so I was amazed in coming back off our time off that the whole thing of family and enjoying one another and building community was exactly what God had been doing here in the West and over in the East. That, that is exactly what God had been doing here. And that was super encouraging. But as we go forward from here, I'm aware that there are therefore things that God has been teaching us and us as a church community, us as a leadership team. There, there's a newness, new rhythms, new patterns, 
new, new ways of doing things that we need to learn and get into our psyche and into our rhythm, our philosophy of ministry, if you like. Why do you do what you do around here? Well, it's because it's how God's been teaching us and leading us. And that some of the old ways we've been doing things, they weren't even necessarily wrong, but they're not going to help us ascend the last 800 foot. And in fact, it isn't just about getting there. It's about enjoying today and enjoying one another today and enjoying God today. And I, I really believe that as we move forward, that, that, that some, of the, some of the challenges, some of the things we strive for, God's saying, don't worry, I've got it. I've got it. I felt like God just spoke that to me and Em so much about our life. We, we, we went off with some stresses. We came back with more stresses, I mean, on our time off. It wasn't a case of sick circumstances changed, but we just through that felt like God said, trust me, I've got you. I've got you. I'm faithful. You can trust me. Isn't it amazing sometimes that the things we learn are just such simple lessons as we go through those seasons? And into that, um, a word came to our family of churches about a new era. And I just want to read it because I really, I feel it's, it's so what God is doing at the moment with us and with us as a family of, a wider family of churches in regions beyond. It's, it's what God's doing with Emma and myself personally. It's what he's doing with us as a team. And I believe it's what he's doing with lots of us, in fact, across this body. And the prophetic word to us said this, I believe God is taking us into a new era. It's not a change of season, as it's not something we have experienced before. New eras present a total change of landscape, which brings about such a significant change in the mode of operation. That John Hunt moment. Everything has to change. Seasons are recognizable by those who have experienced them before, and one can find yourself back at the same point. A new era is something totally new. A new era is something totally new. And therefore it requires new ways of thinking, new ways of planning, new ways of resourcing, new ways of gathering teams and releasing and sending and building up and calling on. And I, I really believe that is what God is inviting us into in this next season. And it starts, doesn't it, as always with each one of us. Leading ourselves. Leading in the home. Leading in our sphere of influence. It starts with leading ourselves. And boy, is that the hardest person to lead. Isn't it? Just, you don't, you don't have to be me leading me. This is a nightmare, I'm just saying. This, getting hold of myself in the morning, every day. Oh, God, help. Um, but you've got to lead you. And I'm sure you're much easier to lead. But new eras require us to, to, to learn new patterns. If we knew what, how it would work, if we knew all the resource we needed and the attitudes of heart and the perspective that we needed, we'd already be doing it. We'd already have different rhythms and patterns established in life and in church community and in faith and in, and in rising up to love and serve one another. But we don't. We have to respond to what God's doing. And it's a painful journey at times. This last year, Emma and I have been um, having counseling together um, with a, just an amazing God-given um, lady called Irene who has just served us phenomenally and just realized, gosh, change and changing oneself is just hard work. And it's not just a case of saying, right, Em, you change. And Gateway, you change. God is saying, no, I, I want to change this. I want to change this. And it's been an amazing 
season of learning. Oh, that's how you think. That's why we kind of always go clash in certain situations. Or that's why I've never understood when you say you don't like the kitchen sides being dirty. And, but through it, God's begun to help us understand each other more. And therefore, to begin to serve one another more effectively in the family, hopefully more effectively. But we're not there. We're just learning and discovering. And likewise, for a team, as a team, it's been a season again where we feel like we're just beginning And I say beginning, we're not there yet, but beginning to learn, God has other rhythms for us. We came back, as we came back from our time off, I read a blog post by um, Andrew Wilson, who we regularly quote, um, and he has a blog called Think Theology, which is fantastic, if you're into that kind of thing. And a year ago, he'd he'd, um, run a conference in London, and off the back of that, he wrote a blog post with some just some takeaway nuggets from it. And he said, there were seven areas that we felt God was speaking to us um, through this conference. And I'm just going to read a couple of them. Because as I read this, I just felt like it crystallized in language some of what the experience that Emma and myself and myself as I began to think about Gateway again and what does it look like. It just crystallized some of the language of what we were sensing. And he said this, we need to see evangelism as birth rather than recruitment. And I hope, we, I hope we know that anyway, but it's so important that evangelism is birth rather than just recruiting. Right, another one, good. It isn't that, it's new birth. We need to see this discipleship as parenting rather than orientation training. And if you have in your mind the idea of um, conscription back in the wars and, and a young lad would sign up and he's like, great, we've got another one for the list. Right, here's your gun and here's your pack of bullets. Now off you go over to that front line. It isn't just right there you go. It's we want to love one another and we want to parent one another. We want to encourage one another and help one another grow in God. He said we need to think about church government in terms of fathers and mothers. Um, This is the context of the conference rather than sexless leaders. But through that, that was something that God spoke to Emma and myself about so clearly is about learning, that part of our role, and many people in here is about learning to be spiritual mothers and fathers as we move forward. Men and women who are growing up in Christ, not just trying to get a job done, but who are encouraging one another, who are, who are investing, who are championing one another on in the good moments of life, in the not so good moments of life, but that's our heart towards one another. And then he said this, we need to see the church as a family on mission rather than an organization. Amen. And so this this new era for us is about learning to step out and step into who God has called us to be. Ascending and receiving people. A resource church to this town and into the nations. And later in the year, we're going to we're going to be preaching through some of the prophetic promises over us, reminding ourselves of who God has called us to be. And that's going to be great as we do that, but, it, but God is saying it isn't just about trying to do something new. It's about allowing God to come and shape us and mold us and fashion us ready for the task at hand. But not just to get something done, but to enjoy him and one another. And so as I've come back, I've looked at my role again and what should that be and made some adjustments there with the team. And just to clarify, as part of that, um, so last October, as I went off, Nigel and I, up to that point, had been leading the West Site together, and 
As I took time off um, last October, we said Nigel is leading the West site at that point. And to be honest, we've carried on like that since, that Nigel's been leading the West site and the West team. And we're going to carry on in that way um, as we move forward, that Nigel is the site pastor here. I just want to make that clear. Um, we haven't actually communicated that, but I think hopefully it's been fairly obvious. God's teaching us what it looks like for, for me, for Emma and myself, for us as a family, us as a team, what it looks like for us as a church, our part among the churches in Swindon, and actually even with Steve again the other month, again, just being called into the nations, that we have a significant part to play there. Not significant in the sense of rah, rah, our mountain, but just God says, I've called you to serve. I've called you to give yourselves. And that is always costly as we respond to what God does. It's always costly. Personal growth is costly. Investing in marriage and family is costly. Investing in team and togetherness is costly. Stepping into a new era is costly. Nicomotti heading off to Seattle some point soon is costly. But that's the shape of the kingdom. And it's what God is doing in Swindon. Just for the last few moments. God is really doing something significant among the churches in Swindon in building togetherness. I hope we're saying that enough that you're beginning to believe it and that you're coming along. I know lots of you aren't, so it's a rib dig moment. To pray and worship with the churches across Swindon as we have our opportunity. But God is doing something in building a new unity in his church. And in fact, it isn't just here in this town. It's right across the nation. God is calling his church to, to, to get over dividing walls of difference and say, I want you to love each other. I want you to partner together. I want you to lean into one another and celebrate one another. And God is doing something exciting with that. I really believe we'll look back in years to come and say, this was a defining moment when God was on the move and the church responded. Ephesians 4, Paul said this, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which, to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is over all, and through all, and in all. Isn't it amazing that in this season of disunity in the nations of the world, and within our own nation, of polarization and fear and growing hatred of the other, that in God's church, he is calling the church into new, fresh unity. We've got to see what God is doing through that lens of the prophetic. And say, God is raising his church up to tell a different story, to shine like stars in the night sky. And that as we say, no, we love one another. We love those who are different from us. We love to welcome the stranger and foreigner and alien because that's what God has done to us in his family. We do that to one another and to those who are vastly different to us. God loves that. And the church is being birthed in this in a new way. And we must learn to maintain as part of our new rhythm, a unity in the Spirit and laying hold of what God is doing. So, we have a couple of opportunities at hand with this. 
And in Penn Hill, Tom Price um, is planting a church this coming September. Um, so Tom Price leads Discovery Church, and he is gathering a group of men and women and families um, from across churches in Swindon. And he said, I really believe we're going to be planting a church into Penn Hill. And as we've looked at the needs of the town as uh, churches, we've said, it feels like God's hotspotting Penn Hill. And so Tom said, that's great. I'm going to plant a church into Penn Hill. And it's not Tom's idea. There have been men and women who have been praying for years and years for that part of Swindon. But there's a moment where Tom sees it and saying, I'm going for it. I'm going, to, I'm going to gather a group of men and women. And Tom, a few months back, specifically has asked us if we could help um, serve the church plant in Penn Hill, launching in September this year. He just said, I, I don't want this to be a discovery thing. I want it to be a churches in Swindon thing. And would you guys just come and help us? And the reality is we want to, we have, we've responded positively to Tom because of what God is doing in Swindon. Because this is a different way. If we're going to see God's kingdom come, it's a different way. And we're saying, yeah, we really believe that partnering together, pursuing unity will help bring fruitfulness and life. And we believe that's going to be a blessing to Penn Hill and to Swindon at large. To the fact that we're even, we're not calling it a, site, a gateway site, but we're thinking of it like a site in our heads and hearts. We're saying we are passionate that this thing flourishes as much as the east, as much as the west, as much as Bassett in the days ahead. We, we're believing God for this thing and we want to partner with Tom. And so we've, we've said a couple of things to Tom that we want to help with. So part of it is my time just helping serve Tom, um, just to encourage him and encourage the team as that establishes there. We want to give of that. We're releasing Dawn Prosser. Um, so Dawn, hopefully some of you will know her, but she's part of the staff here. Dawn and Kevin are based in the east. We're releasing Dawn's employed time. Um, she, she's employed for three days a week. And we're saying, Dawn, we want, we want you to go and serve with your time into Penn Hill, into the community. So that's another way we're resourcing it. We're partnering with Discovery. Um, and we're wanting to help establish a team for, of leaders from across the town who are just going to stand with Tom and champion this thing and stand with the church plant and champion in this thing. Penn Hill is a hard area. It's a broken area. And boy, does this church plant need a stake that's championing it. I was just in Lydia Park yesterday and saw some oak trees that were planted and they had, they were, I don't know, 15 foot tall, but they have these big wooden boxes around them because they need protection in the early stages. And we just feel, yeah, we want to give ourselves to champion what God is doing there. In fact, more than that, even there's a group of men and women and families from Gateway who have said to Tom, Tom, we're with you. He said, Tom's asked, um, as people have been looking in and looking on, he said, Will you give me three years? And a group of men and women from Gateway have said, yep, we're with you, Tom. We, we, we've prayed about it. We've wrestled about it as families and husbands and wives. And we, we've got faith that this is the right journey for us. And so from the West, Hubert and Rebecca are going. Guys, Hubert, wake up a moment. Stand up quick. So these guys with their family from September are going to be heading off to Penn Hill um, at some point, it would be great for you guys just to share your story and just say what God's been doing. It's exciting. Um, we're going to miss these guys. But amazingly, Rebecca's preaching at the end of August. The last Sunday here is a farewell preach. That's fantastic. Um, so we're going to be, in a moment, we'll gather around and pray for you. Because we don't just want this to be something where, and they went on their way. We want to champion them and send them in the purposes of God. From the east, Jason and Faith, 
who live in Penn Hill and have been praying for years. And I remember a conversation years ago. They said to me, can we, we want to plant a church in Penn Hill and just saying, mm, don't think we're quite ready yet. Um, and, but they have had faith for this and been praying for a long time for it. So we're sending those guys, June Davis, um, who's also in the East, and Kevin and Dawn themselves. We're, we're going to be praying for these guys and sending them. And actually, they're not going till September, but just with summer and everybody being away, and not everyone, please do come, but just with all that comes with summer, we just said we wanted to let you know about it here, so it's not just a, oh, by the way, they're going tomorrow. So we're going to pray for these guys this morning and send them on their way. And in one sense, it kind of feels a bit like a parting of ways in one sense. You could look at it as, okay, we're going on from here and we're parting ways. But actually with what God is doing in, in unity, it feels like as we're going away, God's saying, no, I'm actually building you together more than ever. As you pursue unity and togetherness, the sending of people and resourcing and, and being who we've been called to be, sending and receiving people gateway. I hope that is beginning to, in these days, get fresh into our DNA. But as we send and give, God actually joins back together. And in your sending, you end up with more. As you give, you end up with more. It's the economy of God. It's an upside down way of thinking. So Hubert and Rebecca, as you guys go, yes, Sunday by Sunday, we're not going to be together, but I believe God's going to do a bigger joining of hearts and more purposeful. It's going to be a bigger blessing for this town. Not least of which, because you guys are amazing and a blessing wherever you go. And even more than that, I believe that, not more than that, you, on top of that, we just get the sense that I don't know how you say this thing, but just in the spirit, the whisper of the spirit, that maybe how Tom is gathering people from many churches across the town. It's not just Discovery and Gateway. There's numbers of churches where people are saying, hey, we, we want to be part of this. Just get the sense that maybe this is a new way of, of serving the town, of, of looking at the lie of the land and saying, come on, this is the church in Swindon. It's not Gateway. It's not Discovery. It is the church in Swindon. And just... As we've been talking about it and as I've been praying about it, just getting sense, I wonder if this is what God is calling us to in the days ahead. That as we talk about unity, it's more than just gathering as leaders to pray and share a breakfast every now and again. It's more than just gathering once a month as churches to worship and pray, great as those things are. It's more than just a steering team trying to help organize a few events meeting. It actually is costly and it, and it requires us to say we're going to try a new way of doing this. Because in new eras, we, we don't know how to do it. The old won't work if we're going to step into a new era. We've got to count the cost and go for more. We have, um, in light of this, in light of, um, in part in light of this, with our plans for Royal Wharton Bassett and launching a site there, we just shared with the, with the um, crowd who are looking on and kind of saying we want to be a part of this just last week we had a lunch together and we said look we're not stopping but we are going to slow down our plans for this right now in light of really being able to give ourselves to to Penn Hill and serve there along with the fact that we don't have um, a leader in place to lead right now and can I just say this to us that as we look to um, launch a site in Bassett in the days ahead that it needs a church-wide ownership. It really does need us to carry it together. And for those reasons, we just are at a point as a team that we're sensing 
We just need to slow down so we're not thinking January. We haven't got a time scale in our heads at the moment. But we are going to continue to gather and pray for this. Um, but as a team, we just have a real sense that that's the, the right way to approach it at the moment, that we, we don't need to rush ahead of God. And in fact, if there's one thing that Emma and I have learned in this last year, it's that our capacity is we always try and cram too much stuff in. And it doesn't serve, and it doesn't work. And so just saying, look, let's not try and do everything at once. Let's not just try and get to the mountain as quick as we can. Let's just take the journey bit by bit. I really believe that God is going to honor that as we move ahead. And the reality is, a leader could emerge for it super quick. It could, we could very quickly be going, hey, we're in position. We're healthy. The right kind of resource is in place that we can get going on this. But for now, we're just saying we're slowing down our plans for it. And again, that's part of the cost of being faithful to Jesus is we don't just force what we want. We say, God, may your kingdom come and may your will be done. And I really believe he wants to plant a, fre- a new church, a new New Testament church in Bassett. But at the moment, we're just saying we're just going to slow. We're not going to rush ahead of God. So I hope um, that's helpful. Please do ask questions on that um, in the days ahead if you'd like to. That's fine. Can I invite you to stand? Um, Hubert and Becca, just come and find a space. If you're friends with these guys, um, part of the site team, gather around them. We're going to pray and bless these guys as they go. And can I just also ask, as we pray even right now, just before God in yourself, just say, God, as for me, would you come and begin to shape and fashion me ahead and my family and, and my marriage or my workplace or whatever it is, just fashion me ahead for this new era. Bring change again into my life and just say, put yourself before God in his hands and just say, God, I'm here for you.